Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. So are you curious to find out what's going to happen in 2018? Well, we have the perfect guest for you tonight. This individual is somebody who we've had on before. I can't tell you how much respect and admiration I have for him. He's an individual who I sought out, met in person, and I'd say he's on the cutting edge of intellectualism, and he's a free thinker. Let us begin tonight's program. Welcome back to the program is Mr. Gerald Salente, founder of the Trends Research Institute and publisher of the Trends Journal. Mr. Salente, you can learn more about him by going to his website at trendsresearch.com. Mr. Salente, welcome back to the program. As always, it is a great honor to have you with us. I just have a tremendous amount of respect for you. Can you please talk about some of your top 10 trend predictions for 2018, maybe the first one to start out with? With the big thing to do with cryptocurrencies, what's going to happen with them in 2018? Well, we believe this is a trend and not a fad. And you have people now comparing it. Everyone is basically saying, you know, this is like the uh, the tulip bubble craze, you know, that happened in Holland. There's nothing like it. I mean, you can't eat tulips. You can't even use them as a garnish. You can only look at them. You know, using cryptocurrencies as, as mediums, mediums of exchange, they're currencies. So the comparison is totally stupid. It has no context at all. So as we're looking at what's going on and where we're going, we see these, this cryptocurrency uh, movement as part of a populist movement. It's much bigger than just gambling and people, you know, wanting to buy things that the government can't see they're buying. You're looking at the action, about 80% of it's coming out of Asia. And it's, it's part of a populist movement in the sense that, you know, if you're Chinese, if you're American, if you're anybody, you see they're printing up all this digital fiat currency backed by nothing and printed on nothing. Why would you want it? So, it, you know, just as there was a big spike in gold over the years as a alternative to fiat currency, well, we're looking at cryptocurrencies as the millennial generation's gold. They're the digital age people. So we see this continuing to go. Will there be high volatility? Of course there will. Will there be speculation? Absolutely. Will there be great losses? Some of them will go and some of them will stay. So this is a beginning of a trend. Trends are born, they grow, they mature, reach old age, and then they die. This one's in its infancy. And and people call themselves experts. Yeah, there are people that know more about it than others. But, you know, there's no track record of real deep history here. So for us, it's, all right, this is taking off. We see where it's going, and we don't see it dying quickly because of the global nature of it. Again, 
You hear all these people in the United States, these banksters talking about it, and they hate it because it's doing away with the banking system. You won't need credit cards, and the world is going cashless. I mentioned that you saw a lot of the initial movement coming out of Asia. Still is, by the way, 80%, only 20% in the USA. In Asia, you go to China, uh, Ryan, you're not using cash. You're not using credit cards. You're using your app. Go back a year ago in India. They called in 86% of the currency. The world is going digital. It's going cashless. There is no more in God we trust in many countries. They don't have a coin of the realm that they love and feel is part of their culture. So they're going digital, and they're going to go to the digital that brings in the best returns. Joe, as far as cryptocurrencies go, do you find that they have any fundamental similarities or flaws that fiat-based currencies have? And also, do you find that a big test for the duration of these cryptocurrencies will be to see how they are applied in a nation like Venezuela, which is currently in the midst of a hyperinflationary depression, unlike, I don't know, I guess I don't think we've seen since Zimbabwe. Um, so do you think that if cryptocurrencies turn out to be a viable option for Venezuela, that the rest of the world will kind of follow suit? And when this big crash does happen, that people will probably look more favorably towards cryptocurrencies than they have in other, any other time in history? Yes. Well, let's go back to the fiat currency. we we'll start with that one. You know, according to the report, you only could print up, what, 21 million bitcoins. Fiat currencies, you could print all you want. Well, the United States now is over $20 trillion, and they just added another $1.5 trillion over the next several years. And then when you put in the pensions and Social Security, you're looking at numbers like, what, about $220 trillion? We'll go to China, where they have a debt-to-GDP ratio of 300. And then you mentioned Venezuela. Yeah, you know, the, the Bolivar isn't, you know... Go to a, a supermarket like they did in in, in Weimar Republic and, and have a uh, a wheelbarrow full of boulevards. So what are they doing in there? Not only are the people mining and going and buying and using Bitcoin and other currencies because their boulevard is worthless. Now you're hearing the Venezuelan government saying they're going to come up with a petro crypto, and they're going to back it by diamonds, oil, and gold. So. That's a whole different league. Let's go to Russia. They got sanctions on the United States, put them on Russia, Venezuela. Now Russia is talking about coming up with their own cryptocurrency so they could go around the sanctions and not use dollars. Take a trip to China. You want oil, the petrodollar. Deal made by the United States. Nixon back in 74 with Saudi Arabian gang. Yeah, we'll protect you guys. And, but uh, you've got to sell all the OPEC oil, all that oil in dollars. We're going to call it the petrodollar. You want to buy oil, you've got to buy it in dollars. And that's the deal. We'll protect you guys, your gang, and you're going to do this deal for us. Well, China doesn't want to buy it in petrodollars anymore. You bought it, China's the biggest buyer of oil in the world. Yeah, we'll buy your oil. We'll pay you in our currency that you want. But I'll tell you what we'll do. You don't like the yuan? You can cash it into gold. So we'll look going back to the death of the petrodollar will be the death of the U.S. dollar. This is the beginning of the trend. Trends are born, they grow, they mature, reach old age and die. This one is in its early growth stages. When the petrodollar dies, bye bye bucks. How close? I mean, we one of your trends predictions is the third one, which I think is disturbing and also really 
and interesting. Market shock, mass murder, economic calamities, massive economic correction. In terms of the dollar eventual collapse, do you think that because of the advent of cryptocurrencies and because the banksters have figured out a way to prolong this collapse, how what estimate would you say would be when this major correction does occur? Well, going back, let's put the pieces together globalnomically. That's our system. Trump, Trump is just passing his tax bill that's going to enrich the corporations. Most of the equity market rise has been because of merger and acquisition activity and stock buybacks. They have a lot of cash already, these companies. They're not putting it into capital improvements. They're buying back stocks. Now they're going to be buying back more, so that's going to pump the markets up even more. What's going to bring the market down? We believe a wild card event, not an economic one, but more like a war. And the war we're looking at is the one in the Middle East. And that's really ratcheting up. The United States is selling its that we should hate Iran. You hear Trump administration and others saying Iran's the greatest supporter of terrorism. No, they're not. The Saudis are. I mean, they're the ones who the United States formed, you know, the uh, the gang, the, the uh, vicious uh, criminal Al-Qaeda gang, and the other, quote, radical, or they, excuse me, moderate liberals that overthrew the Gaddafi government in Libya. Then after they did that one, they went into Syria. These are these so, but they're but they're selling the hate because Iran was asked by the president of Syria to come in and protect them, and they have. And Israel said that if Iran stays there, they're going to bomb the place. What right does Israel have to say that? And the United and Saudi Arabia. So there's a coalition being formed between the United States, Israel, and the Saudis to start a war against Iran. And that's where we see the great danger coming. And if that war breaks out, kiss the markets goodbye, not only in the United States, globally, and then you're going to see people, safe haven assets, going into gold and cryptocurrencies. Excellent. And some of your other trends, uh, I will talk to you, to take you to a very positive one. And 20 years ago, you were predicting something called interactive universities, or interactive view that will fortify over a period of several decades, and you've been dead on about it. And one of your trends this year is that it, I guess it's going to continue to expand. Can you please elaborate on that? Yes. The, the education system we have, ladies and gentlemen, and children of all ages, stinks. <laughs> if, it, if it was worth a penny, you'd think our nation would be in the problems that we have. I don't think so. I don't know. I think it would probably be a little bit better. I think that if they followed your, your daily routine, Gerald, they would probably be in a much better position. So what happens is the education system we have is an industrial age model. It was invented by the Germans at the beginning of the industrial age to teach people how to read, write, do a little bit of arithmetic and put them in you know, big manufacturing facilities and follow orders. That's the system. Now we're in, we just talked about digital age and, crypt, and cryptocurrencies. Digital currencies. We're in a digital age. Kids aren't. Kid, kids, kids are digitized almost from birth now. So why go to a school when now with all of the data and algorithms that we have, why not teach a child what that child is best suited for and the unique skills and talents that child has rather than giving them a general education? Even the name general education, a military name, general. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, yeah. 
Salute to Jerry. I salute. I got a salute for you. What do I got to learn your crap for? Why should I ever have to learn about biology and chemistry in school when I had no mind for it at all? I could agree with No, you got to learn this. We're going to tell you what to do. Now with Interactive You, we're going to teach you what's best for you, what skills you have, what desires you have, and now you could all do it through virtual reality. You could do it through artificial intelligence. All of this is growing, and the model to look at is arguably the most populous nation in the world. It's a toss-up between India and China, but India says they're larger and they're much poorer. They're using interactive education. We're at the beginning of this trend line. Think about it. Rather than sitting in an ugly schoolroom, taking a bus to go there, now you're sitting at home, you have your virtual reality headset on, and you're being taught by the best teachers in the world. Rather than somebody that passes a state exam and teaches the same crap they've been shoving down our throats all our years. So we look at interactive you as the major trend that's going to shape the world in a very positive way because it's going to allow people to think for themselves rather than pass tests from general education. I love the fact that you're always seeking knowledge and wisdom, and I consider you to be a phenomenal teacher, not only in my personal life, but a great teacher for people worldwide because of your methodology and the way you go about things. I was wondering, from your perspective, what are three things that a person can do to grow, evolve, become more aware of their situation in addition to the public school system, the public education system, which seems to be dumbing people down? What would you recommend to people that they do to learn to grow, evolve, and to be in a much better position to understand the reality for which they live in? You know, for... Always always with the caveat, think for yourself. But the way for me, you know, it's a learning experience. I'm not the same guy I was when I was a younger guy. And so to me, it's to be in the best shape you can be in. Physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And I'm not talking about religiously. And, you know, to find the truth within yourself. I have a, I have a saying, a, a definition of hell. Hell for me would be taking that last breath and knowing you weren't the person you said you were or could have been. And when you read reports from critical care nurses, a vast majority of the people that are dying wish they had done things differently in their lives. And to me, that's hell. Because this is the only shot you got. Well, you could, unless you believe something different, you know, again. But here you are. So that to me is to, but, but it has to be, if you're not in physical health, if you're not eating things that are going to help you grow and, 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 and nourish you, and if you don't, if you don't get to the truth of who you are and how you could be better, and, and if, you know, if you don't do things to improve your life, how are you going to open your mind to learn more? So again, I'm a political atheist. I don't believe in, 
I don't believe in 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 political parties. You know, why should I? What am I? Six years old, I gotta believe in some what jerks put on paper, and they don't practice on earth. So it's again, it's about being your true self, and that to me is the beginning and the end, because when you're, when you have that, then you have a thirst for more knowledge, and the rest of it, it takes the path that you want to bring it to. Gerald, at one point we talked about the benefits of meditation, and I've talked to you, so you're an avid reader. You're, you learn something every single day. You're always seeking knowledge. When you do meditation, what are some of the prime benefits that it does for you, and what are some of the benefits that it would have for other people? What do you? Why is it a crucial component of your life? Well, again, you know, for instance, you know, I, I meditate. You know, I meditate about an hour a day. You know, I begin my day with it, and uh, to me, the the whole meditation trip is to quiet my mind stop the movie and uh, everybody has their own movie going so for me by stopping that movie and quieting my mind trying to get it to zero that that leaves room for and again I'm only saying it the way it affects me or I believe it does and that allows room for fresh thoughts new ideas and new directions to enter in so if the play keeps going the movie keeps running there's no room for something new to come in because the loop just keeps playing around. So for me, meditation is to quiet my mind. Got it. And, Gerald, I just want to return and go back over two more of your trends, predictions for 2018. And one of them is number eight, the new millennial political party. You said that about 71% of these people, I guess according to NBC poll, they're not happy with either Republican or Democratic parties. So they're probably going to change and start their own new party. I found this, another report a little disturbing, actually very disturbing. It's by the Communist Memorial Foundation. They came up with an annual report that said 58% of millennials, sorry, 44% of millennials apparently support communism and 7% were in support of fascism. So I was wondering what your thoughts were about this new political party that may be formed by millennials. And do you think that the millennials in general are more open to libertarian type ideas or are they more susceptible to the fallacies of communism and fascism? Well, fascism is what the United States is now. What's the definition of fascism according to Mussolini? The merger of state and corporate powers. Yeah. And that's what we have. There's no, okay, this isn't capitalism. In capitalism, there's no such thing as too big to fail. The, whole, the government's run by the corporations. Everybody knows that. Look at the tax plan that Trump one just pushed through. Who does it benefit the most? Corporations. So it's fascism already. Look, look, at the, look at the police state we live in. They have a, some crazy guy tries to blow himself up at the, the bus station over here in New York, and now you got cops all, all over the booth. And then you got a moron mayor, de Blasio, saying, when people see those long barrels of their gun, they know they're safe. What kind of jerk are you, long barrel? <laughs> Shut that barrel up, you know what. Yeah, jerk. If a person okay. puts a bomb on themselves, they can walk up to the guy with the long barrel, moron, and blow themselves up. So it turned into a fascist state already. Look at under Obama, the National Defense Authorization Act. It robs us of our habeas corpus rights and allows El Presidente of Los Estados Unidos to kill anybody, any citizen, anywhere, at any time, for any reason, without judge, jury, or trial. Yeah, it's sickening. 
Yeah, absolutely sick. So it's fascism already. Communism, yeah, they're saying communism because they, they, they feel shafted. They have no future. What do you want a job? You want, let's go back to fascism. Merger of state and corporate powers. Who are the three richest people in the United States? Bezos and Amazon, Buffett and Gates. And, the, and you've got these little clowns, low-life little pieces of garbage called politicians that are fighting to bring Bezos' slave camp into their state and, and, and take $5 billion from the taxpayers to give them tax breaks so these millennials could get a job there where they, on average, will make $28,000 a year. So, yeah, of course they're going toward these directions because they see that the wealth is just in the hands of the few. The gap between the rich and the poor is widest in the United States than any of the OECD, OECD nations. So, what will they go for? They went for a, a clown like Bernie Sanders. I'm going to give you free education. I'm going to give you free health care. <laughs> if you buy two conditions, you get one free. I used to know jerks like this in Coney Island. A little low life of a boy. I voted against the Iraq War. Hey, liar. You voted to support all the military budgets. Yeah, you voted against it. You voted for the Afghan war and you voted for the murderous, the murderous Bill Clinton sanctions on Iraq that killed over 500,000 people. But the millennials went for him because he promised a new way. And we're turning, calling the new party progressive libertarian. Libertarian in a sense, get the government out of our lives. But we are a society. We need laws. Like the Robinson-Patman Act, Sherman Antitrust Act, Clayton Antitrust Act, Glass-Steagall Act, that allowed competition. They don't allow competition anymore. God. And progressive in the terms of, yeah, look, we're a nation. You know, we're all in this together. You know, how can we grow in a healthy way? So those, you know, two words have been lost in, in all the discussion in politics, morality and integrity. Where do you get morality and integrity? What are some of the principles that you adhere to, and where do you think people can discover, you know, true morality and true integrity? How about just how about just a simple one like do unto others you have them do unto you? You think there'd be any wars? You think we'd be murdering people all over the world? Look at all this stuff coming about sexual harassment. If the media covered the murderous wars America's putting on with a tenth of what they're doing for some guy masturbating in front of who knows what, there wouldn't be, we wouldn't be in all these foreign entanglements. How come they're not bringing up murderous George Bush for the, for the wars that he started based on lies? How about if they were covering that as much as sexual harassment? How about Obama, the Nobel Peace of Crap Prize winner who starts the Libyan War and the, and the Syrian War? How about bringing them up for trial? For starting wars, murdering innocent people, 4,000 drone strikes. He killed 4,000 innocent people. Quote, I'm really good at killing people. In the book, Double Down, he's quoted as. It's, it's totally disturbing and sickening. And I just don't know what it's going to take for people to get outraged. I mean, well, what's going to take is a thing going back to what does it take? It takes building yourself morally, physically, and spiritually. So, unless you're the who, I'm not on this earth to take orders from people. I, I like to use another word, but I don't want to be, you know, go right ahead, Gerald. Out. 
Well, yeah, it's it's the uh, the the second word is whole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not on this earth to take orders from blank hole. You know, I I don't. Who are they to give me orders? Yeah, love it. I couldn't agree more, Gerald. So when people get their courage, that's when we will have a society that is progressive libertarian. Mr. Gerald Salente, the founder of the Trends Research Institute and the publisher of the Trends Journal. I want to thank you so much, Gerald. It is always an honor to, to talk to you and interview you and to, to be a friend of yours. And I we love it so much. And uh, if you want more about Gerald, please go to his website at trendsresearch.com. Thank you, Ryan. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our incredible guest, Mr. Gerald Salente. As special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Lisa Caza, and Ms. Constance Stellas. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Till the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care. Thank you so much for listening. Want to be heard or seen in front of millions of people? Want to be an expert on TV or radio? Goldman McCormick PR is a New York City-based public relations agency that specializes in traditional and social media placement for law, finance, media, and corporate-based clients. Goldman McCormick PR also a specialist in website development, radio show creation, press conferences, media training, and so much more. Check out GoldmanMcCormick.com for more information. GoldmanMcCormick.com. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.